Good morning, ladies and gentlemen of Covenant Network. It is Friday morning. It is time for another edition of the Roadmap Roundup. I'm Adam Wright here with you this morning. And uh, before we do anything, Gabe Jones is also here with us, and Angela Miller's here with us as well. Uh, we want to pray this morning, and I've asked Gabe to, to join me in prayer. Let's pray, Gabe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, Behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities, which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who, straying far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or, renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty in unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish to also make amends the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood. We now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense as far as we can with the help of your grace for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to be the best we promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to that happy home, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign God forever and ever. 
Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What a great way to kick off our first Friday, our penultimate first Friday of the year. If you're you're okay, playing Scrabble yes. later today, it's a good, good word to have handy. Uh, I, I can't believe it's November already. Um, one more first Friday. Yeah, yeah, and then and then that's it for the year. Well, yeah. Well, for the year, but then we start off. Are we again. talking liturgical year? Because this is actually the last first Friday of the liturgical. Well, that year. that's a good question, Gabe Jones. Are we talking liturgical year or are we talking yeah. calendar year? That's yeah. a, well, you know. So this is the last one if we're talking liturgical year. I'm going to have to go back and read some St. Margaret Mary Alico. I think I think all our Lord said was nine first Fridays, nine consecutive first oh. Fridays. No matter what year they fall in is Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter you know? if it's in a, in a year. So if this is yeah. your first first Friday, you know, yeah. doing the devotion. And the devotion's an easy one. We we, we just helped you with part of it. Uh, on the first Fridays, if you're not familiar and you're just tuning in, you say, why'd they pray that really long prayer today? It's not that long. Um, but it's a good one. It's it's rich in content. Oh, um, why did they pray? Yeah, why did they there. pray that prayer rich in content today? Because it's the first Friday of the month, and our Lord appeared to Saint Margaret Mary Alico and asked her to promote a devotion to His Sacred Heart. And among that was on nine consecutive first Fridays to pray in honor of the Sacred Heart and in reparation uh, for sins against the Sacred Heart. And there were special graces promised, especially at the hour of death. Uh, to all who make this devotion. And so what do you do? Well, you pray like we just did, but you also go to Mass, receive Holy Communion in a state of grace. We don't want to make sacrilegious no, communions yeah, that here. That would be bad. bad. be another mortal sin. and It'd be bad. We're actually going to talk about that next week on the show. Um, we've mm. got some really good words to mm. share on that. But that's it. Pray in honor of the Sacred Heart, which Check. We just did. Go to Mass, receive Holy Communion in a state of grace, which might mean you need to go to confession this morning before you go to Mass, before you receive Holy Communion. You might have to do a little bit of planning. Um, But, you know, it's one of those things, like, thinking pre-pandemic and Mm post-pandemic, I got so excited when the samples started coming back at Costco, right? (laughs) Because yeah. it used to be, I would go, I would time, like, Beth would be like, we need these things from from there. And I'm like, well, let's go around lunchtime. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we're going to have a little hors d'oeuvre buffet today. Yeah. Well, what's on the buffet? I have, I have no, no idea. idea. Whatever's there. But I know at the end there's a hot dog if needed, you know, <laughs> for a dollar fifty, right? And, uh, you know, but you wouldn't walk by those things. Even things like, I wouldn't normally eat that, but, you know, it's free and they're yeah. giving it away. Oh, why like, why not as well? It? Our Lord is giving away grace. Why would we not? Partake, right? Why would so we not good. partake? Uh, tomorrow we have another opportunity for grace. Tomorrow's the first Saturday, and the Blessed Mother, in her apparition at Fatima, asks us to make five first Saturdays consecutive. Uh, same thing. Pray the Rosary, meditate for fifteen minutes on the Rosary. So that's the prayer component. Go to Mass, receive Holy Communion in a state of grace, make a good confession. You know, and this is we talk often about how often should you make a good if you're not in a state of mortal sin. How often should you make a good devotional confession? Once a month. You know, yeah. where do I get that figure from? Once a, well, we're, we're in church. The Blessed Mother said, pray the rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary, go to Mass, go to confession, receive Holy Communion in honor of my Immaculate Heart and in reparation for the blasphemies against my Immaculate Heart. So if my mother says go once a month, yeah, I'm going to go once a or month. Or twice a month if you want to. How often do you fill up your car? Well, you know, if, if you're in a state yeah, of mortal sin, right. go. Yeah, right. go. go immediately. <laughs> well, you know, if, if uh, you know, I mean, how often do you get a car wash, right? Yeah. Like those kinds of things. 
Car wash for your soul. I wash the windshield of my car once a year, whether it needs it or not. Once? No, I'm just kidding. I was say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, wa- I wash it frequently. I actually yeah. am one of those people that I keep a squirt bottle and a microfiber cloth with the the extendo arm in my oh, car. You're, you're one of those people. I'm one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's yeah. a whole new level. Well, friends, you're listening to the Roadmap Roundup here. We've got a lot of topics about holiness today, but the, the main point of all of that was make your first Saturday and oh, first see, Friday. I thought the main point was devotions. the first Fridays are like the Costco buffet of holiness. Well, I, no, I just mean <laughs> that when we have grace available, Might you know, well and, 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 and this is where I'm like, if you're a minimalist and you say, well, what's the bare minimum I have to do? You're missing out on so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing, you're doing what's required, but you're missing out on so much. So yeah. that said, um, we want to get a check of the weather this morning before we dive into the rest of the roundup. So let's go now to Mike Roberts. Well, today, after another frosty start, temperatures will start to warm. Sunny with a high of 55 degrees. Not quite as cold tonight with lows under clear skies around 32 degrees. Then we head into the weekend with temperatures really starting to go up. Sunny with a high of 62 on Saturday. And on Sunday, it's going to be beautiful. Lots of sunshine with a high in the upper 60s. Today is the feast day of Saints Dominus and Tothamus and Companions. They were martyrs. And Saint Elizabeth. When the Lord decides it is time for the word to be made flesh, the journey begins with Elizabeth. Before the angel Gabriel visits Mary, he announces to Zachariah and Elizabeth they will conceive and bear a child who, even in his mother's womb, will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then, six months later, the angel Gabriel visits Mary, informing her that with her consent she will conceive of the Holy Spirit and that the child will be named Jesus and will be the Son of the Most High. Gabriel, who stands before God, is the messenger and on both occasions provides the name to be given to these babies and also making very clear the role the Holy Spirit will play in their conception. John will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb and the Holy Spirit will come upon Mary and the power of the Most High will overshadow her. It is also Gabriel who united Mary and Elizabeth, telling Mary that Elizabeth is now in her sixth month. Of course, Mary's first action is to go help Elizabeth, and when she arrives, the Holy Spirit in John causes him to leap in Elizabeth's womb as soon as he hears Mary's voice. But the very first person Gabriel appears to is Zechariah, saying, Your prayers have been heard. Those prayers were for new life to come into the world, and so it did, beginning in the womb of St. Elizabeth. St. Elizabeth, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Well, we are back for the fastest 60 minutes in all of Christendom, the Roadmap Roundup on this Friday morning. We're wrapping up our first week of the month of November, a month that we remember the saints, the month that we remember the faithful departed and all those who have gone before us marked with the sign of faith. That's, that's one of my favorite uh, prayers or, or, or phrases from the liturgy, all those who have gone before us marked with the sign of faith. Um, I think it's just beautiful language. It's very Roman. It, it, it is, I'm we sure. But I want to talk about those folks for a second. Not all of them. There's mm-hmm. a lot. There's a lot. There are a lot. That would take a while. But someone in your life, who's someone in your life who has died, but they helped shape your faith mm. into what it is today? 
You know, who, who is that person? I'll, I'll tell you for me, my grandmother. In uh, growing up, I only knew my mom's mom. All of my other three grandparents died before I was born. We went to her house after school when I was in grade school because she literally lived right behind the church and school. Mm. You just walk down like 20 steps from the, the top of the cool. hill to the bottom and boom, you're at grandma's house. Yeah. And she always had the best snacks after school. Yeah. You know, we didn't get microwave popcorn. Those we, got it, we got them at grandma's house after school every day. <laughs> and uh, so, but she always had a rosary with her. And I always remember on snow days, especially as a really little kid, we would go there and thinking, all right, we get the day off school. Well, mom and dad don't, so you're going to grandma's house. And I'm like, oh. And she would put us in our snow gear, in our boots, and usually it was just me. And we would walk up to up the 20 steps to the church. And, you know, I remember one day it felt like three feet of snow. It was probably six inches. But we walked to church, went to 8 o'clock mass, and then her whole breakfast crew, we walked to the uh, fast food restaurant next door where they would get their coffee. And grandma would be like, you get a breakfast sandwich today. And I was like, golden delicious. It's, you know, um, I loved I loved those. I loved fast food breakfast sandwiches. I still do, but my parents would never buy them. But if I hiked to sn- church in the snow, uh-huh. and I'm like, Grandma, why do we do this? I mean, surely we, we could stay home. And she said, No, we go. We go. we can walk up these stairs. We go. Yeah. And uh, you know, not a profound lesson other than she told me, you just do it. You know, yeah. get yourself there and do it. That's great. I thought you were going to say the lesson is you know you can get sandwiches after mass. That's a very <laughs> foodie roundup <laughs> yeah. today. I know. Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's someone from your life, Gabe? Well, I would say there's two people. Um, so one would be uh, a, Mr. Reinhardt. He was an older gentleman in our church growing up, and he taught me how to serve because uh, my dad's a convert, so my dad never learned. And uh, so Mr. Reinhardt, you know, kind of walked me through that, took me kind of by the shoulder, you know, by the arm, right, and said, hey, let me, let me show you how to do this, and you know, gave me the materials I needed to learn and all that stuff. So... Uh, He's kind of a guy that I, I constantly um, get reminded of because I, I serve once a week. And so I sort of remember that, you know, he was the guy that, that got me started on that. And then uh, another one is uh, my late father-in-law, who I didn't even really know that long, but he was a deacon and uh, raised a wonderful daughter that I'm now married to. And he passed away right before we got married. And so... Um, Sort of, I guess, from the grave, he sends uh, maybe some graces or, you know, I sort of think here I am responsible for his daughter and her spiritual well-being and the, the grandkids that, that we now have, the kids that are our kids, but his grandkids, and to raise them in the faith. So that's sort of a, from the grave, he's still speaking to me, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to go uh, an old lady route myself. <laughs> that's all right. Um my great grandmother from Italy, uh, we called her Guma. Um, she was one of those people who never, I mean, it, it was just her faith was evident in her actions. She died when I was 12, but I, I mean, I have such an impression of her generosity and her ability to like roll with the punches and, and just be be a faithful uh, woman, and um, I'll, I'll just give a quick example. Uh, she had um, a birth defect on her hand, um, so she only had a thumb. She did not have fingers on one of her hands. Um, and I remember being a little kid and obnoxious and asking her about it, like, what what happened or, or 
are are you upset that your hand is like that? And and I remember her saying, no, I, I love it. I can do things that other people can't do. And she pulled out a jar and was able to stick her whole fist in there and clean <laughs> it out because there weren't fingers in the way. Huh. And that example is is to me one that like accepting the sufferings that God gave you, but but doing something beautiful with them and then, um, uh, you know, being positive and so yeah she's a special lady that's the example that we've received and then the 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 next part of this becomes how does that inspire us in our daily life you know Mm -hmm. gabe you talk about the gentleman that taught you how to serve and i i remember lieutenant colonel charlie maher who retired u.s army who taught me how to serve and instilled in me that that discipline you know um stand sit up straight never crush your feet or your ankles or your legs or anything Mm -hmm. like that um, and, and my sanctuary presence today is because he drilled that into me and he's like, this is the Lord yep. and you are going to show the respect that the Lord deserves. And, uh, he, he was a good guy. He actually, you know, he's another reason that I'm still with the church in a time when someone f- of my friends and family left. Yeah. Um, but I think about you serving once a week and without even saying a word, how are you communicating your faith to those who are at mass or to your children? And, you know, what are the, the little things we're doing, not overtly, but in our everyday lives that we're hoping to pass down to our children yeah. or to those around us? Well, yeah, I mean, it's exactly those things. It's, it's the fact that when I serve and I can take my son, so far just my oldest, but my other sons, as they get older, will come as well and, and see that. And that's a, a legacy tradition that will be passed down that, you know, it's that is just one way where we can worship the Lord is by serving him and, and his priests at the altar. Um, but there's, again, there's so many other things, right? It's, you know, grandmas who taught us how to pray or that witnessed the example, the, you know, the statues they had on the mantle or whatever the pictures they had in their home. It's, it's those little things that build what I call the culture, right? That's a culture. When you have these routines, these traditions, these things that just build, that is so important. And that's something I desperately want to pass on to my kids because there's so many other things to distract them in the world today that we need to build a culture for my kids that they're going to love and appreciate as they get older and grow up. Indeed. Well, we are going to take a quick break here on the Roadmap Roundup this morning, but don't go anywhere. We've got plenty more for you when we come back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We are back and Stunning admission here this morning. I just ate Kit Kat because it's the week after Halloween. I've got chocolate flying around. And that, that's how we roll today on the Roadmap Roundup, right? That's fine. It's like an octave. Yeah, it's like the octave of Halloween. I think no, there is actually but now I think there is now an octave. Now we're trivializing actually. the other octaves. No, I think there actually is. If, if you go in the traditional calendar and an you find the readings, there is, a, there is an octave of all saints, I believe. All right. Well, well, well isn't eating candy reminding us of those who are in heaven experiencing the sweetness. Yeah, except it's a day of penance, so no meat for Adam today because not <laughs> eating candy is apparently not going to be my form of penance. Well. Oh, and, and <laughs> l- lest we forget that, because I almost forgot last Friday, friends, that on Fridays, a reminder, reminder, we are called to abstain from meat mm-hmm. or do some other form of penance, not just on the Fridays in Lent, but every Friday. Yeah. Angela! Yay! 
Yes. I, I was going to ask Gabe this question the other day, but then I remember he, he doesn't get up in the morning <laughs> until like, you know, Friday is the only morning where he gets up no, early. No, I, I serve mass at 7 a.m. on Thursdays. So Thursdays right. and Fridays. So I have you, you and I get up early most days of the yes. week, uh, unlike the Joneses. We are not morning people. No. Us. Neither me nor I am life. not either. Yeah. However. But you have to be. Yes. You know, not by choice, but by necessity. How do you use your morning routine, especially not being a morning person? Well, it depends on to if To remind I'm... you of your priorities for the day. Oh, And okay. especially your spiritual priorities for the day. Because when I used to not be a morning person, I would be rushing, rushing, and I'd always forget something, you know? Yeah. Oh, I left my lunch at home. Oh, I left this at home. And it's like, oh, I forgot the reminder that I need to pray for this intention today. How do you use the morning routine to help you with that? Hmm. Okay. So, well, I, I think it depends on um, how the, the discipline that I put into practice. If I'm running late, my, my life is in disarray. My life is disordered. Um, but it, which uh, never, ever happens, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> never, never. Yeah, we're sitting over here with five kids going, no. No, no, yeah. yeah. But, but when things are, are firing all cylinders and going well, um, the, the priority is to get coffee first because I just have a. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the priority is. Say a prayer. No, no it is. the coffee brews quickly. <laughs> coffee goes automatically in our home, which is wonderful. But to grab it and and then go to prayer, because I if I can't think, I can't have a good prayer. It's like um, a spiritual juice. Yes. Yes. So um, there's a couch that uh, Greg and I like to sit on to pray in the morning. Um, I do a morning offering, uh, and then I... Uh, do a renunciation prayer, renounce some things um, that maybe yesterday were were a problem or maybe more perpetually a problem, and um, ask the Lord to rid them of my life and to bless the things that I'm maybe struggling with, uh, whether at home or at work. Um, and then I, I can't tell you how often... I notice I had I had a rough week this week and I forgot to pray and if I'm having a a, a bad week maybe I'll um, like a late week I'll I'll say it in the car on the way to work and I didn't even do that this week and it's just it makes such a difference in not only my attitude but how effective I am mm-hmm. at work and and um, it just completely uh, sets the tone and and I'm sure probably changes. The kind of grace that I receive to get yeah, through the day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I was listening to a homily the other day about sanctifying grace and actual grace, and how actual grace is what works to how the Lord works to keep us in a state of grace, sanctifying grace. You know, and and so even when we fall out of that state of sanctifying grace by our own choosing through through mortal sin, that actual grace keeps working to prompt us to get back to confession and and get back into a state of grace. But then when we're in a state of grace, actual grace helps us to see, you know, how every moment of our lives can be something to help build up our yes to God and, and help us bolster ourselves so that we can keep being in a state of grace and keep receiving that sanctifying grace. You know, the example was if, if you're in a state of sanctifying grace 
and your vocation as a spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, part of that is to love your spouse, and, and one of the ways you can do that is through uh, tokens of affection to yeah. remind them that you love them, and you're driving by the flower store, and you say, oh, they have some beautiful flowers today at a reasonable price. I should stop and get my wife some flowers. You know, that that could be an example of yeah. actual grace working. Or, you know, like when you're walking down the street and you see the person having the drive for, you know, pick your, your Catholic charity to help feed the poor, and you actual grace would inspire you to get your wallet out and give some dollars for the drive, you know. Things like that, and it's funny to me that on the exactly like you're talking about on the days where I remember to start the morning off right and just say, Lord, before I do anything else today, I want to remember to give you permission and to ask you to please work in my life with your grace today. Mm-hmm. That sets the tone for the whole day. And then the days that I don't, it, it seems like three quarters of the day, I'm like, wow. I really could have used some grace today. Where has God been? And it's like, well, how come you're just now thinking of him three quarters of the way <laughs> into the day here, Adam? You know, come on, get with What's it, buddy. Get well, with I it. will say, you know, kind of on that point, uh, you know, the, the other, there is a temptation, I think, sometimes to, if you don't start right, to sort of fall into a sort of despair, right? Oh, well, my day's going terrible, and, you know, I didn't start off right, and I got out of routine, and I didn't do this, and da 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 like, that's those are the perfect opportunities to sort of recapture your day. And so I think in our house, you know, and we have five kids and I tend to work from home a lot and, uh, you know, we, we homeschool. So like there's a lot of chaos going on in mornings, right? People eating and trying to go, you know, do all sorts of things that kids will do in the mornings, right? And so uh, sometimes we'll, we will have a routine. We will start off on a nice foot. We'll have morning prayers said by 8.30 in the morning. Everybody will have breakfast by 9.00. But then there's mornings where, you know what, we don't say morning prayers till like 1030 mm-hmm. or 11. But you know what? It's still morning. <laughs> it's before yes. noon. Yes, right? it is so still like, indeed morning. Yes. <laughs> so like maybe it's not perfect, right? It's not how you should do but like God will enter into that messiness. Well, that's, that's a beautiful example, though, of our constant call to conversion. Yeah. You know, we're not called to convert yesterday and then we're finished. Um, we're called to convert each and every day. Yeah. And each and every hour of every day. And that's why I love that midday examine. If... If I mess up, I've always got the the midday turning point to say, "All right, reset. let's reset. <laughs> yep. Let's go. Let's go again." Um, and you know, last Friday, here's a, here's a great example from my my life. Well, I hope it's a great example. I will offer it to you. You judge you sound, the quality. Sound pretty haughty there of the example. And uh, <laughs> you know, something happened last Friday after we finished the show. I got an email saying, "By the way, this is going on." And I thought to myself, "Why wasn't I consulted about this?" Like I was part of the team that you know that was going to be making decisions, and it was about an outdoor event last weekend. And I was the one bringing all the electronic gear, and they made the decision to have the event rain or shine without talking to the guy bringing all the electronic <laughs> gear, which does not do well in the rain, right? And I'm like, they should have. Can you believe? I, I I caught myself saying this. Can you believe they didn't even ask me and this and that? And uh, one of my coworkers was like, Adam, you need to pray the litany of humility. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you're right. I do right now. Let's, That's what that text was about. Huh? Print it out. Let's let's go. And um, sure enough, I, I I said it's like you ever watch the old Batman with Adam West and the pow bam nah, 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 from the desire of being consulted. Pow! litany of humility strikes again and and, and it was one of those things i just had to keep catching myself a lot of times a lot of times adam stop get over yourself you weren't consulted you don't need to be consulted you said you do this figure it out stop grumbling do what you said you'd do 
and keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You know, and I started getting more and more frustrated. It was a weird thing, more and more frustrated with the fact that I was grumbling than what I was originally upset about. And it turns out at the end of the day, everything was fine anyway. And Adam just got his feelings hurt. Grow up, Adam, and, mm. and get over it, right? And I did, I hope. That's some good introspection. I did, I hope. All right, that's, that's I leave that for you. That, that, that I don't think many people do, and, and I think uh, that's the road to holiness right there. Roadmap yeah. to heaven. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> roadmap to heaven. There you have it. We are back. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup this Friday morning. And our catechist question today, what makes a mortal sin a mortal sin? So, all right, let's go to the panel here. Let's talk about this. Isn't it like if you kill somebody or something? Oh, Not a, you, well, if you commit a mortal sin, you kill your soul. That's for sure. <laughs> Angela, you're shaking your head up and down there. What are the conditions? Do you know? Yes, it has to be grave matter. That's correct. It has... Um, you have to be freely choosing it. That is also correct. And uh, you have to know it's a mortal sin. That is also correct. Angela Richard or Miller. I almost got, I'm still getting used to <laughs> it's that. All right. You got a new last name. You it, know? I'll give you a year. How about what, that? What did you get for your wedding present? I got a new last name. <laughs> and you See, all have to learn it. I, I used to teach my students this because at, when I was a teacher, I taught sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. I don't think they had learned that yet. Oh. And and at that age, you can commit some mortal sin, and you need to know. Yeah. And I wanted to make them aware. Um, and then whenever, you know, some other questions came up about, like, well, you know, my, my friend is doing this, or my parents are doing this. Well, is it mortal sin? Are they going to go to, are they going to go to hell? Well, okay. Are these three conditions being met? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we have, uh, coming up on Monday, our daughter, our middle daughter, makes her first reconciliation. And they sent home the papers uh, to, you know, please go through these prayers with your kid at home. And one of which was the act of contrition. And I'm like, why don't you, why don't you read it out loud? And then, then we'll talk about it. And she starts out and the, the one they sent is the one I use. And it starts out, oh, my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee. And she reads that first, those first three words. And she says, wait a minute, Dad, isn't that taking the Lord's name in vain? <laughs> and I said, no, because you're actually talking to him. Yeah. You are actually talking to him. We had it took us a while to get through that one. The but, first three words. But, she gets <laughs> like she's like, but doesn't that break a commandment to say that? Uh, uh, it does if you say it when you like stub your toe, right? Yeah. When you're talking to God, you you are allowed to address Him that way, and that is okay. Yeah. Um, you know, which is open up the door. We've been talking with the kids lately about preparing to make a good confession, and um, you know how I prepare now is a lot different than how I prepared 20 years ago. And I am curious, uh, Dr. Jones, um, what is what, what have you changed in the way you prepare for confession? Um, so a couple things, uh, I guess. One was, you know, growing up, there's that fear, <laughs> I think, of, oh, I'm going to go to confession. The priest is going to know who I am. And then <laughs> and then he's going to say something in his, in his sermon about, you know, my specific sins, oh, no. right? Did you guys ever have that? Like, no. Oh, yeah. Like, That's like, why I've, I've been behind the screens in second grade, Gabe. Yeah, like, I mean, I've been, <laughs> yeah, like, in a confession, and, like, I'll say something, and then, like, in the homily, Father says something, and he's, like, staring at me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's talking to me. He's saying, no. you know, no, but it's that's just an adolescent kind of thing, right? So you, you sort of realize that 
that that doesn't actually happen, at least in the vast majority of cases, because uh, father really doesn't listen uh, to you know he doesn't connect the dots between who's saying what. So that's that's a good uh, reassuring thing. Um, so I'd say that I'd say the frequency. Uh, I used to as a child or younger person would just you know oh uh, kind of whenever, and now as an adult I will I mean I, I go once a month. Uh, I mean if it's more than once a month that's I start forgetting things right. What have I done? Uh, I tr- sometimes will go twice a week or every other week, twice a month. Um, so that's the, the frequency I think would be one thing. Um, and then, um, there was one other thing I thought of last night and I can't think of it this morning. So, yeah. <laughs> but if I, if I think of it, I'll mention it. You know, you talk about frequency and, and I, I love once a month and it's, it's, but I'll tell you what, looking at my life, it's been a while since I've gotten through a whole month. I'm like, yeah, I, I need to go because it's been a month. It's, you know, usually I'm in that every two to three weeks. I need to go, you know, the way I acted at home with the kids or whatnot. I need to go whether, you know, it's a mortal sin or not. Go make a good devotional confession. Yeah. Because well, of, and I, I guess that's kind of the other piece of it, right, is like the the willingness to go a little deeper, right, and, and confess things that maybe before I might have just brushed off. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, that wasn't that big of a deal. Eh, yeah, that was that really a sin? And as you grow up, you know, get older and sort of get deeper in the spiritual life, you start, um, I heard a phrase once, I think Arch, uh, Fulton Sheen, Archbishop Fulton Sheen said uh, something like, hearing confessions from nuns is like being uh, pelted to death by flowers or something to that effect. Popcorn. Yeah. Popcorn, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I want my confessions to be like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I want to pelt my confessor to death with, you know, popcorn. Like if, if that's my, my sins that I'm confessing, like that's great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's Angela, what about you? You how, know, how do you um, prepare? this is kind of, uh, oh, prepare. Well, well I'll no. tell you a major thing that has changed in, in confession in general. Um, and it's kind of controversial. Um, I s- was adamantly teaching um, when I was in youth ministry, you should um, go to confession face to face. Because if you go to the same priest, they'll recognize who you are and, and there's this like shame involved. <laughs> like there, there's shame. this way <laughs> that he'll like if there's habitual sin, then then you have to face that again. And you know that probably wasn't really good advice um, because I think what I was trying to do is create like a almost like a, a a space where I would get some like additional attention or something. Yeah. Um. And so. In the last couple of years, I've I've learned first of all why we we go behind a screen, um, and and one of those being like for the good of the priest yeah. to have deniability. But um, so I have switched to going behind the screen, and and actually what has changed in the way confession and prayer has worked since then is it, it's about me and God. Then it's not about me and the priest relationship. It's not spiritual direction, it's right? Counseling, right? It's, and it's a trial. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and the, the priest that I frequent often also doesn't give counsel, um, just gives me a penance and, and that's it. Like, um, so it's, it's changed, um, the, the way that I approach the Lord because then it, it it's about the Lord and I, it's yeah. not, mm-hmm. yeah, so. you know, on that note, that's something that's changed for me a lot recently as well is, 
not going and bless me, Father, for I have sinned and here are my sins. And then here's why I think I did those. And, you know, I think <laughs> yeah. at the root of this one was this. And then, you know, earlier in the day that happened and trying to justify sure. my sins or, yeah. or things like that. Um, but that's what's changed in my prayer life is that I'm doing that more outside of the confessional. Like, well, you know, you have to in that time of preparation. OK, well, I lost my temper and I, I yelled at my kids and was uncharitable in my words towards them and my wife. Well, what, Adam, what caused you to lose your temper? Pray on that for a while while you wait in line, yeah. because those are the exact situations where next time you need to be ready. But, you know, I, I've heard it said before, and I love the way you said this, Gabe, that when we go into the confessional, we are both the prosecuting attorney and the defendant. Well, what are the crimes? Well, here are the crimes. Here are the list of, of, yeah. of sins. And how do you plead? Number and kind. Right? Number and kind. Number and if, kind. if they're mortal, Boom. number and kind. Adam, you, uh, you know, I committed this mortal sin on three occasions. You know, Adam, how do you plead? Guilty. <laughs> yep. All right. Are you are you contrite? Yes. All right. It, it, that's not how it actually goes, but that's the, that's the spirit of yeah. it. And then the the judge in his mercy, the just judge, because we're contrite, over offers an overabundance of mercy and. Um, you know, and do your penance right away. That's the other yes, thing I have learned. Do your One penance One other thing right away. I'll say, Adam, too, just as a closing thought on this, is uh, I have found myself also in recent years trying to remember to pray for the other penitents in line when I'm mm. in confession, that they have a good confession, right? N- not only praying that I have a good confession, but also praying for them because they're sinners, too. They're, we're all in the same boat here, and that's a great opportunity, I think, to pray specifically for some other people. Yeah, so indeed. Lord, give them the grace that they need to have a good confession. I don't know when the last time they've been, maybe this is the first time they've been in a long time. Maybe they need that grace especially, right? Well, and then, and then going back to actual grace, you know, that that's something that I've been praying for for uh, uh, the last mm, couple of years when I go to confession, that the Lord would give that grace to those in my life who have not been in a long, yeah. long, long, long time yeah. by their own admission. I don't need to go. Well, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a good person or, you know, I... <laughs> Or whatever, whatever that excuse may be, um, that God would move in their hearts to to bring them back one time, that they would yeah have a good experience and then come back again. We're gonna take uh, one last break here. We're gonna get a check of the weather for you after this daily dose of encouragement. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup. Don't go anywhere. Here we are on this Friday, wrapping up another week of encouragements with Patty Schneier, and she is here with our daily dose of encouragement on this Friday. Well, we've been talking about death this week, and I know that can seem morbid to some, but I hope it's not. I hope it's a hopeful, joyful anticipation and faith and trust in God's mercy for us as we continue to pray for the dead. It's a beautiful practice that we have in our Catholic Church. So we've just been giving ideas of how you can make this month of November a little bit extra special in your uh, customs and your practices for the dead, visiting a cemetery, praying the rosary for deceased loved ones, um, having masses said, pondering death. So today, this last day of this week, I want to share with you an encouragement from the book I read called These Beautiful Bones. And in the introduction, it talks about the Capuchin Bone Church in Rome. I want to encourage you today to Google that. Capuchin Bone Church in Rome. And here's what it says about this church. In the Bone Church, skulls are placed six feet high to create niches and archways. There are over 4,000 Capuchin bones in this church. And it may sound horrific, macabre, or the stuff of nightmares, but it's not. It is somehow 
strangely and overwhelmingly beautiful. The bones are holy in death as they were in life. And visitors to the Capuchin Bone Church feel that. The hands that place them there where they rest seem to have felt that as well. Where there could be mockery, there's only reverence. And where there could be despair, there is hope. That's the message, and that's why we ponder our death. That's what I want to encourage people to do. Look up this bone church, and the message of the bone church, when you go to it, says, what you are now, we used to be, and what we are now, you will be. It's to help us ponder our own mortality, but to give us that sense of hope that these bones will one day then be alive in the resurrection of the body. So, We need to ponder this. It's a huge part of our Catholic faith, and the month of November gives us a great opportunity to do it. So today, Google it, the Capuchin Bone Church, and reflect on our own bones that will one day die, but then be resurrected in the final resurrection of the body. All right, I'm going to head to my computer now to look that up. Patty Schneier, thank you so much for being with us for yet another wonderful week of Daily Doses of Encouragement. Well, today, after another frosty start, temperatures will start to warm. Sunny with a high of 55 degrees. Not quite as cold tonight with lows under clear skies around 32 degrees. Then we head into the weekend with temperatures really starting to go up. Sunny with a high of 62 on Saturday. And on Sunday, it's going to be beautiful. Lots of sunshine with a high in the upper 60s. All right. The 60 minutes is moving fast. We got one more topic I want to get to today, so let's get right down to it. You're listening to the Roadmap Roundup on this Friday morning. A listener wants to know. I've been waiting a while to be able to say that. A listener wants you to know. You finally have a listener. No. <laughs> oh, you know what that means? You finally have one now. <laughs> Charity. Actually, I do. Charity on that note, I do. No, I do talk to a lot of people out there. Yeah. I know many people are listening. They keep Saying, oh, yeah, I hear you on the radio, hear yeah, the radio. Yeah. So thank you, all, all you all listeners. Do, but do they say, I enjoy you on the radio? Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. A listener wants to know, do you have any tips that help you focus on the mysteries of the rosary while you are praying that mystery? Angela Miller. Yes. So um, I got really excited about this question. So I read Dr. Shree's book on the rosary, and that helped quite a bit. But then I also... Um, there, I mean, there's a few different things I do. Sometimes I will like pause for a little bit before going straight in, like between the Our Father and the Hail Marys to like imagine the scene, um, of the mystery in my mind. And then sometimes I can keep kind of considering that, that moment as I'm saying the Hail Marys. Um, and then sometimes I'll pray with like the, the fruit of that mystery, which is something I didn't know about until later in life. Um, and then sometimes listening to the rosary while I contemplate the rosary rather than saying it out loud. I, I don't know if that's still considered praying it. If you're, if you're just meditating on the mysteries while you're listening to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely praying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, boy, I've got a list. So one is, uh, kind of similar, the fruits, or maybe I'll read like the scripture passage. We have a book that has, it goes through every mystery and it has like a little, couple paragraphs about each mystery so maybe that at the beginning of the mystery mm-hmm. is good um when i when we say rosary with the kids as a family sometimes i will kind of explain the story of what happened mm-hmm. you know the nativity here's what happened you know and sort of tell that story 
Uh, so that helps. For particular mysteries, some lend themselves better than others to sort of uh, progressing with each Hail Mary. So like the carrying of the cross, the fourth sorrowful mystery is I can kind of contemplate each station almost, right? Like, you know, he takes the cross, he, he falls the first time, falls the second time, falls the third time, meets Veronica. You know, each Hail Mary can be one of those steps along the way. Uh, not everyone lends itself to that so specifically, but not every mystery. And then uh, recently, actually, I heard this. Um, so the joyful mysteries, if you think about it, are uh, related very closely to St. Joseph. And so I, oh. uh, if, yeah, he's, he's actively involved really in, in all five of them, yeah. more or less, you know. And so uh, sort of thinking of the mysteries in sort of a different light is sometimes helpful because yeah. you sort of get in this rut of, okay, this is happening, da, da, da. but a different angle on the mysteries is good. I have another thought too, um, as you were talking about the sorrowful mysteries, for me, the sorrowful mysteries, I can uh, like so feel each mystery with the Lord in a sense. Like um, when I like the agony in the garden, I think of the fact that I have really bad anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so just like to reflect on my own painful experience with anxiety, with the Lord's anxiety in the garden. And then um, the cross, the carrying of the cross, what what are the crosses in my life that I'm experiencing? So uh, another thought maybe would be to to use my own life in those moments as well. And pray it in Latin. Ooh. If you pray the rosary in Latin, you don't have to think about the word. If you can learn the words, the Latin words, then you don't have to think about it, right? It's it's just, it's something, I have found that that helps me actually meditate more is praying the rosary in Latin. Hmm. Yeah. You know what, one suggestion that we have here from uh, one of my coworkers who, who, you know, says, I'll be honest, some days I have a hard time keeping my focus. And so every Hail Mary, I just repeat the mystery right beforehand. So if oh. the first joyful mystery, the Annunciation, our Father who art in heaven, so on and so forth, the Annunciation, Hail Mary full of grace, the Annunciation, Hail Mary full of grace, oh, the Annunciation, like um, just to keep that focus. We, we spent some time one week just going through the various scripture passages related to the mysteries, which works for almost all of them. Well, it really does work for all of them. Yeah. Um, they're all in there and meditating on those, and that gives us something to think about. We've got uh, a couple scriptural rosaries. We've got a book that we, we've given away before, the Rosary Without Distractions, that kind of walks you through those scripture passages verse by verse as you pray, you know, not just denouncing the mystery, but each Hail Mary has a, a different scripture verse, you know, so like the Annunciation, the angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, Hail Mary full of grace. Mm -hmm. Mary said, how could it be? And it, and it goes through yeah. that whole thing, which is great. Um, you know, sometimes I just like to, to meditate on, especially with the sorrowful mysteries, um, what are the things that I am doing in my life? that are the reason he did this. Yeah. You know, this is God that came down, yeah. took on human nature and did this for us. And, yeah. and and specifically Adam, he did this for you and what did you do that caused this, you know, and it, it, it really does help. Um, another thing, you, you talked about the sorrowful mysteries, Gabe. I also translate this, someone suggested this recently and I love it, when praying the chaplet of divine mercy, meditate on the sorrowful mysteries. Yeah. And, but the last thing, because the music's about to go here, you mentioned St. Joseph in that perspective for the joyful mysteries. You know, we think of St. Joseph as the protector of the church, the, mm -hmm. the protector of the Holy Family, the protector of the Christ child. And when we're praying the rosary, you know, we're, we're going to Mary so that Mary will go to Jesus, so that Jesus will go to the Father. And 
Um, I don't. I, I don't want them to be distracted. Not that they would be, but I, I now have this image. Like I should invoke Saint Joseph before I pray my rosary. The terror of demons. Like, yeah. You, can you be the goalie? Can you keep the demons? Don't even leave it for the Blessed Mother to do. Joseph, you do he's, this, please, so that she can take my intention. <laughs> that's to, hilarious. You know, that's my job sometimes on Sunday Mass. Like when our four-year-old is just squirming all over my wife. It's like, no, it's my turn to take the four-year-old so that Mom can have a turn to pray. Mama needs a turn to pray. Speaking of which, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this has been another fast 60 minutes in Christendom. Can't believe it's over. Join us Monday on Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to be on the road with Monsignor Eugene Morris from the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine talking about how we can withdraw from the world. Until then, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Gabe Jones. I'm Angela Miller. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Pray your rosary today.